You feeling good now, Joe? Are we ready to talk about what I'm calling really tragic main characters? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready to distract myself from literally everything that's true about the world and talk about some anime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's bad, but in a way that no one gets hurt. (laughs) So that's pretty good. We'll talk about it. Oh, I'm sure somebody gets... I mean, well, there's there's several beatings, uh, honestly. No, but it's fine, because it's played for comedy. Don't worry about it. The school doesn't seem to address that. That seems problematic. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's it's the feral child. It's it, it's fine. It's fine. Well, we, we do learn that all the teachers are fucking terrified of two people in the school, so... Yeah. Shrug? If she looks like, like that at you, you just throw her some jerky and run the other way, and it's fine. Much like facing any other wild animal, don't make yourself look big and imposing, or else she'll do a murder on you. She'll break into your house and murder you. of WTF Anime, the show where it's not like I want to record with you or anything, idiot. I'm Azevi, your host show, and joining me is Travis. Hey, Joe. You hungry, man? <laughs> would, you like some, would you like some food? <laughs> I'm aggressively not feral today. Oh, good. <laughs> We've been working. We've been working on it. Uh, <laughs> back once again, WTF Anime show with our weird-ass intros. Yeah. The do, I'm sure, makes sense. Probably. Uh, if you've seen the show, maybe. Maybe a little. <laughs> but uh, I guess enough of uh, beating around the bush. Uh, Joe, I'm going to flip the script. What did we watch today? I thought we were doing pretty well for an intro, and then I saw how much time we've been recording for. But yes, we are here today to talk about Toradora, episode one. Well, we went on like a five-minute bit about European history, man, so... <laughs> I'm not sure if that will ever make the show, if I'm honest. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but we're going to talk about an anime. A, ro- a romance anime, if you will. An anime that has nothing to do with the things we talked about. We are in a Monty Python space. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, Joe, um, as you mentioned, Toradora, episode one. Um, sh- shall we begin? Shall we dig in? To the, the, the meaty anime nuggets that uh, are before us? Yes, we start with birds on a power line. Two of them, in fact. Mm. I wonder if this is symbolic. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> As our two main characters talk about a thing that exists that no one has ever seen, that people would do anything to get a hold of. That's why it's so special. No one can see it, because if everyone had it, then everyone would want it. And that thing is the secret of how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Well done. You you <laughs> earlier cracked what the show was about, now you've cracked its true message. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's clearly allusions to love in the weirdest, vaguest way. In the most, like, teenager poetry way, yes. Right, it, it's, it's a very overly romantic, childlike view of, of love and relationship, I think. But 
be that we have the two characters that we have, <laughs> I totally get why they would be like that. Yep. There's so much foresight in this show. Well, uh, like you said, Joe, you could watch the first episode, the last episode, and I, I think I'll have nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I said that for hyperbolic uh, reasons. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to do it, though. <laughs> you should. We'll see what happens. From this little opening, we meet our two main characters, Tiger Aizuka and Ryuji Takasu. We see their morning routines. Ryuji has recently fluffed his hair up to make him look non-threatening. We'll get into for why in a bit, but is very mad about it and sees mold and he's even more mad about that. There is nothing that says uh, non-threatening like a good pomp, man. <laughs> I see a pompadour, I'm like, that's a chill person. I mean, in anime, a pompadour means two very different things. It even means street thug or soft boy. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why anime still thinks that everybody's in a greaser gang. <laughs> but it definitely is a thing that they're like, no, that's still how gang members dress. Don't know what you're talking about. There's no lie here. Tiger's entire morning consists of sleeping, and we see her very large and very empty and very messy apartment. Right, and I forget, did you, did you mention that he was checking for mold and scrubbing mold uh, as he's getting ready as well? Yeah. Because we're, we're already setting up like an odd couple thing. <laughs> Look at these two people that are so different. You hop in the driver's seat and they're already like, you know what this is going to be. Mm -hmm. Just follow along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, the the establishing the show does is very by the books, I guess, is the politest way of saying, yes, everyone knows exactly what is going to happen here, no matter what the setup is. But I think, because the, the goal is, and I saw this was listed as Slice of Life as well, so isn't that one of the appeals of Slice of Life is you're not ever going to get the curveball. You kind of want just the chill. I know where the story's going, and the payoff is just finally getting there. Hmm. Because Slice of Life is about life itself, so not everything is, ah, oh, perfectly formed and perfectly tropey. Hmm. There you go. Uh, I still don't know that Slice of Life is for me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing we learned, it's Travis doesn't like people not being horrifically murdered. That's... Aggressively not true, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it at all. We can all look at the evidence. We can, and uh, <laughs> if the stenographer would please pull up my notes on uh, Sure Dure Children, we will find that I really enjoyed that, and I remember a distinct lack of murder in that show. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, but you did stick around for the later seasons. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, it, it does its set up what the essential story is, and then it's like, hey, the rest of the show is getting to the point we all know and doing character stuff along the way. Hey, welcome to Toradora. That's the show. Yeah. And then we kick into the opening. I, oh, man. This opening song, I swear to God, I've heard it sampled by Mindless Self-Indulgence for one of their songs. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But it's got like a fun 70s palette slash opening trope thing going on where like you're getting characters in different uh, muted colors, but the, just their silhouettes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, I liked the, the throwback to the 70s for 
what I can see is no apparent reason because we do not <laughs> appear to be set in the seventies. I'll, I'll spoil it now. No, it's not set in the seventies. I didn't think so. I do like that it does grapple like those motifs with classic anime tropes of just characters walking, characters looking at the camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all in all, uh, like if I were to give it like a grade, uh, this would be like a B plus. Huh. That's that's higher than I would have expected from you. Uh, the the seventies callback that literally doesn't tie into anything in the film <laughs> tickled me, and also I was puzzling out the whole time. Like, is this in an MSI song? Because I really feel like it is. <laughs> I'll I'll have to do some digging. Yeah. So uh, let's see. After that, we flat. Are we? We continue on with Ryuji, right? Yeah, we we see him doing some cleaning around the house before his first day of school, and we meet his mom. Yeah! Um, whew. I thought it was his sister and or <laughs> the girl that he brought home the night before. Because his mom does not look any older than him. They definitely do some framing of her in a very sexualized manner. They really do. Which, it, it's not that uncommon with anime in general to objectify women, but it is specific, and it's also weird to see a mother being sexualized. Yeah, uh, I didn't know what that was all about, but from our interaction with Mom, first of all, we find her asleep on the floor. So, uh, that's a that's a thing that we find, and she's kind of in a pair of shorts and like a cut-off shirt, and we clearly get the sense that uh, somebody in this household has their shit together, and it is it is not her. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it came across... I don't know if you watched the English dub or the sub, so I don't know which, if this was prevalent. Ryuji doesn't refer to her as mom. Uh, he says Yasuko, which is her first name, which I thought was interesting. You know what? I feel like this character would have asked to not be called mom. Yeah. She she would have been one of those moms like, oh, just call me by my first name. Yeah, I I, I definitely, and we, we barely see her. She's, she's what, maybe a minute 30 of the entirety of the episode? <laughs> yeah, like, this is the main scene we see her, and then in, like, a flash later explaining something. Yeah. So he kind of rouses his mom before he heads off to school. By the way, what time does school start in Japan? Or do they just get up that early? I I assume that's a Ryuji thing of because we also see like he cooks every meal. Mm-hmm. I assume that's like a Ryuji thing of getting up so early just to clean and cook and do all of the life things that need to occur. Sure. We also get our first glimpse of one of Ryuji's main character things, which is when he's yelling at Yasuko to get her to wake up. Yasuko says, "Ah." You've done my favorite glare, like your dad used to do. <laughs> yeah, which, this is the first time we're hearing anything like that. I'm like, wait, excuse me? <laughs> because we've had dad referred to in the past tense now, so now we're getting introduced to the idea that dad's not around. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that means he's dead or just not around. It could really be either. From what we learn, it could be either, yes. And apparently, Mom likes to be glared at? <laughs> hey, look, I'm not yucking at Yum. No, but 
It, don't worry. Go go a little further, Joe. Doesn't really appear to be like it was the healthiest of relationships. Maybe. I mean, we could we could talk about what's presented in this first episode when we see the picture and that little flash, because otherwise we're just kind of like talking around all of the stuff that could have potentially been in that relationship. That's true. We'll get we'll get to that bit. I'm sure. I'm sure we both have some things to say about his dad. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well then, Joe, uh, take it away. <laughs> so, Ryuji leaves for school. Again, just, just grumbling about, I hate that glare that you seem to uh, love so much. And a kid bumps into him, and he just looks up and says, what? And they immediately give him money, and are like, please don't murder us. What with your crazy psychopath eyes? Yeah, um, I'm really wondering... Like, that caught me off guard, like, where everyone's just, like, handing over, I'm like, is he, is he a bad guy at this point? Like, we don't know much other than he likes meticulous clean, and he, he's a cooker of meals. He's about to start his first day at a new school. That, that's, all, that's all I got. Or, well, a new year of school. Hmm. A high-strung guy with a nefarious look in his eyes that likes things clean. These are serial killer traits. They could be. I mean, <laughs> the, he's not shown like me- murdering like neighborhood pets or anything, so <laughs> we're, we're not all the way out there. But there's potential. The look he gets when he sees he's in the same class as his crush is what I would describe as sinister. It, mm, it, it doesn't seem good. <laughs> but it's just his. It's just his face. He got it from his dad. It, it's Batesian. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That puts it some weird things into perspective with Yasko's character. Doesn't it? Who? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I just wanted to use the word Batesian, but now that I'm really thinking about it, mmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, he makes his way to school. He gives those wallets in to a lost and found. There's a guy there who says, hey, you sure find a lot of wallets. And Ryuji shrugs at the camera. We We have, like, the class schedules go up of just like who's in what class that's when ryuji sees a name and does the smile and a thousand people just step away from him yeah you're definitely getting the sense that you know people fear him but my question is was he a terrible i assume that everybody knows who he is from having attended with him previous years like did he do something to earn this personally I can't remember their ages or like what even the thing is, but like it might be this is going into a new school, so like going from primary to high school or whatever the the evolution is. You know the evolution of children when they change schools. Yeah, when they poke evolve and get robotic hands. But yeah, I I don't know if it's just like he had this reputation as a younger kid and now is moving up a grade because he's not a transfer student. They definitely never say, look, here's the new transfer student, which I'm grateful for. But why, Joe? That That's how you do an anime. Mm. <laughs> mm. This might just be a reputation he had, like, hearsay from his old school that has transferred up into this next school. But there is a guy who went to school with him who doesn't view him that way, and that is Johnny Young Bosch. I mean, Kitamura. <laughs> it's such a trope that the, the protag only has... This one friend, and he's an outsider to everybody else. Yeah. I was like, oh, hi, anime. I remember this. Toe tip. That's an anime. Yeah. You've made every anime thing possible. Well, 
we we've avoided some of the things, but those <laughs> those are in the icky corner that we don't like to hang out in. Yep. But so far, yeah, the, there's no real curveballs coming uh, our way. This is like, oh, yep, yep. I know this. <laughs> I've seen an anime once or twice. At least 60-some times, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so they are walking to their class. Uh, homeroom is about to begin, and they run into Minori Kushieda, who, gosh, is just a bundle of excitement that borders on mania. Oof. Uh, yeah, um, she's cocaine levels of peppy. <laughs> like, she's not constantly motor-mouthing her new idea that's the best idea, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> she's very excited to do a school. Just school in general, she's here for it. Yes, yes she is. Do we find out at this point, this is, this is, well, we already know, this is Ryuji's, uh, gal that, uh, he, he has, uh, the interests in. They don't say it, they don't have, like, a monologue in Ryuji's head of just like, ah, oh, this is the girl I'm crushing on. It's all body language based and, like, yeah. his reaction to her popping up. I'm actually kind of thankful for that. Yeah. That we didn't get the monologue that's just exposition on how the character's supposed to be feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And I know it's a lot harder because when you're animating... Animating body posture and tense, I think, is a little harder than, you know, if an actor doesn't get it right the first time, you just go cut and re-roll the scene. Yeah, yeah, they they do go pretty broad in his reactions that are just looking at it from, if a normal person did that, that would be weird, but it's anime, so it's like they have to go broad with expressions to communicate them. No, that's that's definitely fair. We're working in a different medium than the stage, so... Yeah, this is this is the target of Ryuji's crush, and then we cut over to somewhere else in the hall after Ryuji makes an excuse to go. There are more people standing around gossiping about him and another person. Ah, yes. The Palm Top Tiger. I love that nickname. That's, <laughs> it's, it's very cute and good. It's so cute. Like, <laughs> oh, look at her. She's She's terrified, but she's so cute. She's so tiny. Just a little murder baby. She's at the right height just to bite your kneecaps off. Oh, yeah. You're, you're never going to have to block high, but <laughs> you're going to have to block. And we, we see the height difference because they bump into each other. Neither of them are aware of any surroundings. And this is their first introduction to each other. The height difference seems so extreme when they bump into each other. I thought that she was supposed to be in a lower grade. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, she's just tiny. Yeah. I think R Ryuji even comments, she looks just like a doll, and then gets punched in the mouth. I think that's when he comes to the realization of why she's called the Palm Top Tiger. I do love that bit. He's just like, oh, I get it now. That's why she has this nickname. And then punch. Yup. It's very good. She's small, but fierce. Like uh, a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll learn more about Tiger later, but she's basically a feral child. Yeah. Parenting situations uh, <laughs> in this story, mm, not the best. So, you know, another anime trope. <laughs> Bad parents. Oh, fuck. We need to do up like a WTF anime bingo card. I was just thinking that we could play a drinking game mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> with with certain shows like 
and we'll just list off the different tropes. And anytime they hit any one of them, you just drink. Yep. <laughs> that could get dangerous. Coming soon, yeah. The, the dangerous drinking game for WTF anime. I did one once for Evil Dead with my buddies, and that was the worst oh, idea. No. I'm pretty sure I almost died. <laughs> Anytime you see Bruce Campbell's chin. I think we went broad with it, too. Like, some of them, because <laughs> we had already been drinking when we started to make up the rules to the game, which is the best idea, you guys. If you're going to make up a, a game where you're going to be imbibing alcohol, you definitely would have already been imbibing alcohol. Oh, of course. You know, to approach it with a level head. So I think, like, one of the rules was anytime something stupid happens, and I'm like, <laughs> why did we put this in here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just rifle drunken debate of what means stupid. Uh, I think at, by the by the time that anyone thought to do that, we were already well <laughs> well lit and incapable. Because like it actually was Army of Darkness, so oh, like God. the graveyard scene comes up, and like the skeleton hands. That scene is just totally stupid because you know they're coming from directions that are not ground. <laughs> yeah, anytime Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi's drink. That's Those are the only drinking rules you need. Also, someone needs to have nine and one dialed on the phone with someone there ready to press that last one when the first one of you starts showing signs of uh, severe alcohol poisoning. Yeah, drink responsibly, by which I mean have someone sober to stand around just to keep the peace. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so career paths. <laughs> Everyone has handed in a thing talking about what they're going to be doing after school. Except for Ryuji. Who knows if that will be a major thing going through the rest of the show. Impossible to say. Hmm. Who can rightly say, Joe? I'm afraid that the mystery is lost to time. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're never going to figure that one out. Also in this scene, we learn that uh, Minori is friends with Taiga. She is fussing over Taiga of like, Oh, you keep sneezing. Have you been to a doctor? She says something about house dust. And Minori says... Ah, a common disease. Is dust a disease? No. <laughs> mm, mm, no. Well, I gotta go de-disease my house. Uh, you know, spring cleaning. You've heard about fumigating old libraries just because of the disease? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing that I know of. <laughs> And and again, like, j just that small interaction is just, like, instead of someone saying, ah, this is such and such, my best friend, we get it through not doing that, because this is good at doing its thing. Yeah. That That is an incredibly low bar, but you would be shocked how much anime does not clear this bar. Oh, no, for sure. Anime knows very few things that it does not like to exposit directly. <laughs> Speaking of expositing directly, yes, I needed to prime it with that to say that this is just dumb and I hate it. We have some other people in the class just talking idly about Ryuji of like, oh, I heard he was a delinquent, but he's actually not that scary. Do to do to do. Yeah, great. Thank you for having that completely organically placed into the story. Yeah. Is it supposed to be because of the reaction that he's already been punched in the face at this point? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like he's losing a little street cred <laughs> that the tiniest of girls just wholesale beat ass. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I mean, I'd appreciate that more than like what is presented. So let's just go with the other thing. 
Oh, no, no. I, I, I'm i with you, man. I'm in your camp. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in the next scene, we have Ryuji seeing their teacher basically talk about that career plan thing of you haven't handed it in. And the teacher seems terrified of him. She clearly didn't get the memo that he got punched by a small girl. Which is surprising because this is what I assume is like high school. Yeah. And I mean, that shit travels fast. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> she's she's terrified of him, is scared into releasing her one secret, which is that she is a 30-year-old spinster with no direction in life. Cool. Which, what? 30 is spinster, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems uh, extreme. <laughs> is 30 the new 40? <laughs> it might also be like a cultural thing. Maybe. What with it being Japan and all of the weird stuff you learn in osmosis from watching anime that might not be true and just exaggerated. Like, that's that's basically the plot of Agretzko, is she's 30 and is unmarried, so therefore her life is in shambles. But black metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes it better. I mean, I've been to a black metal show. It does make it better. Yeah, it, it, it might just be like a cultural thing rather than like a thing that we would understand as 30. Anyway, that's not important, because now we're going to wanton destruction of a classroom. <laughs> yeah. So, Ryuji walks into uh, a furniture storm, essentially. <laughs> a tsunami of desks, yes. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, a rolling wave o desk. Which, I don't know if you've ever been into a room and, and had that happen, but I personally have not. <laughs> I've certainly never been in a room where the culprit threw themselves into a locker. The locker fell over and they just rolled out. Yeah, they assumed like pill form and then just rolled out like a weird... The the decision, because I I feel like it's a decision to do that. (laughs) You don't do it on accident. Yeah, what what is the... That's choreographed. What is the thought process which leads you to... I'm going to roll like an egg. Yeah, that's the move. Yeah. That's the play here. (laughs) Think that went over smooth. He doesn't seem off-put by this at all. Ryuji does take it well and is just like, I'm just here to get my bag. You continue doing whatever you're doing. This is not my business. This is not my problem. I need to go home. I'm leaving now. Tiger has a very strange reaction to him picking up his own bag. Yeah, which uh, is... uh... Slightly more aggressive than what you normally get when you're going to, you know, take your own property back with you to your house. Yup. She leaps off of another desk and attacks him, grabbing his bag, and they do a tug of war until she sneezes and lets go of the bag. You know, like normal people do. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Mm. She is not well adjusted. I don't think anybody here is well-adjusted. Nobody that we're actually following closely is Mm well-adjusted. That's one of the things that I think is going to be interesting as the series goes on, is a lot of it's going to be comedy of error, because neither one of these people know how to function like a people. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's where the cute's going to come from. Like I joked earlier, like, yes, that's the show, but that's pretty much the show, but it doesn't fill its time doing inane slice-of-life bullshit, it frames the slice-of-life bullshit in explaining why people act the way they do, which is why I actually really appreciate this show. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that. 
if I'm given framework and context rather than just these are the events that are happening, we invite you to come along and watch them happen. Yeah. No, I I need more. That is not a story. (laughs) I do understand that a lot of slice of life stuff can fall into trope one, trope two, mesh trope together. That's the show. Have a trope, baby. Yep. We made it by sewing together all the other tropes. Yeah, and like the the main the main problem with those kind of shows is not examining the tropes or why people would act that certain way. Which, like I say, this this show does. That's that's why I like it. Right. F- fuck a free floating trope. I want context. Yeah. So we cut to home. Ryuji is presumably doing homework or studying, and opens his desk to look at a picture of his mom and his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So. His dad looks like a typical anime gangster boy. The dress? Yeah, it, it's like, what if Greaser Thug, but 70s Greaser Thug? I don't know if you've ever played any of the Yakuza games. No, I've never played any of them. Okay, they are all Yakuza stories, but set in like the 70s and 80s. He looks exactly like that. Nice. <laughs> So yeah, and, and also, of course, in the picture, we see that he has sinister-looking eyes. Oh god, I'm such an idiot. I know we said we didn't know what happened to the dad, but in this little flash of... We're, we're going to talk about magazines in a second. Uh, but Yasko actually just does say, Your dad is in heaven now. Oh, you know what? Shit, she did. Trying to extort God. I don't know. W- what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Yakuza do when they get to heaven. Do Yakuza get to heaven? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> According to Yasko's religion. Uh, he's up there trying to stab St. Peter. <laughs> That's how he got in. Like, he wasn't <laughs> yeah. supposed to get in, but then he just shanked Peter out and slipped in. Boom. He's in heaven now. <laughs> Did you know angels like meth? <laughs> oh, that'd be so weird. Basically, like, angels and demons were just different mobs that didn't like each other. Isn't that what West Side Story is about, though? Uh, <laughs> sort of? <laughs> I don't strictly remember if they were angels and demons, or whether there was a particular Bible allegory, but the version that I want to see... I want literal sharks versus literal jets. <laughs> oh, man. Can we go one show without reimagining some property <laughs> in our own way? No, I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> But moving on, uh, we get this flash of Yasko telling, like, a little baby Ryuji about his dad. She says the coolest thing about him was he would wear magazines under his clothes just in case he got stabbed. Yeah. It was so electrifying. What? Whoa. (laughs) Mom, you're supposed to be kind of my my female role model. (laughs) Yasko confirmed horny for crime. Did you just murder that guy? What are you doing like that? <laughs> Like after you clean off the blood. Or maybe leave it on, huh? I'm kind of into it. <laughs> the degrees of crime go up. Her attractiveness to them goes up. <laughs> oh, a slight misdemeanor? Boring. Have you taken a man's life? I'm ready. <laughs> You're giving me the vapors. <laughs> You know, the crime vapors. They yeah. call them crime waves for a reason. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the adults that we have interacted with so far in this show, 
They're basically kids. They're all insane. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's very good. I yeah. like that about the show. Also in this scene, Ryuji fishes in his bag for something and pulls out a letter. Ooh, what's this? It is pink. It has like a sack of blossom to seal it. And it is addressed to Kitamura from Tiger. And like there's a little postscript at the bottom of it saying, read this or throw it away. I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he looks at it like he's, he's going to open it up and read it. But then he, he stops because, um, yeah, just reasons. But then the thing accidentally opens. Yeah, he, he doesn't open it because it'd be fucked up to do it. And then, like, makes a show of he acts out not having read it and giving it to her, and it just slips open. Mm-hmm. He doesn't read the letter because he sees after holding it up to the light, there isn't a letter inside. Which makes it really hard to read a letter. <laughs> it does. Almost impossible, one <laughs> might say. One might say. <laughs> one could say this. So I, I have a, a question because it's not revealed in this episode. Do we get a payoff on that? Oh, of uh, the letter that she wrote? Yeah, because I assume a letter exists and it's not just something that she dreamt up. <laughs> yes, I believe she has written a letter. Uh, she just didn't put it in. She forgot to put it in. She says something later about Ryuji's opinion on love letters because they're just so old fashioned. But yes, I do remember there being a thing about her having written this letter. You'd think that he would have found it when he uh, cleaned pretty much the entirety of her apartment, which we're coming up to. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) That is a logical thing that would have happened. I don't know if I like that as the reveal, though, because it's kind of invasive based on, let's just say, why he's in her house. And it doesn't seem like a Ryuji thing to do. Yeah. Ryuji seeing that the thing is empty and saying Tiger is a klutz uh, actually leads to our act break. So let's let's talk about the things. What things are those, Joe? Well, I'll tell you, Travis. We over at WTF Anime have a Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash WTF Anime Show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get some cool bonus shows in reward. So, Travis, we do some movie reviews. What was the last movie we did? We're going to believe in the heart of the cards and... (laughs) God, that was such a shit film. God, it was terrible. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if you have fond memories of watching... Yu-Gi-Oh! Pyramid of Light as a child, but, you know, let it be a rose-colored memory for you as a kid. (laughs) Don't go back. It holds up about the same as any show that was strictly made to sell things to children. Oh, yeah. I remember going back and watching um, old uh, G.I. Joe cartoons and, oof, oh, buddy. Yeah, the entire movie wasn't ideal. I got exactly the reaction I wanted out of Travis, and... It was a fun time goofing on a movie. Yeah, we did dunk on it a bit. <laughs> a fair amount. But to be fair, if it were any more dunkable, it'd be an Oreo cookie, man. So, nah. Oh, the joke didn't land. <laughs> cool, cool joke, bro. Aww. What do you want me to say? What did you laugh? Did you want me to chuckle? Oh, give me a laugh. You wanted me to guffaw? A hearty ha-ha. At your cookie-based japery? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, moving on. Ooh, that was worse. 
So yes, we have a litany of movies that we have watched. Uh, they are all up on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WTF Anime Show. We also do season reviews. We are getting inklings that we may actually be returning to Black Butler, which will be fun. We're not quite at the episodes that I'm dreading yet. <laughs> Joe, what episodes would those be? I will refer you back to a conversation we had earlier about European history. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm ready to do those episodes and stand in for England as a whole as I am barraged. <laughs> it's okay. We'll have to do one that has American history in it sometime and you can give us shit. Because, buddy, <laughs> we are not innocent. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's all for a conversation that we've had earlier and yeah. probably should stop referencing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com for such a tip anime show. <laughs> And away! Let's get back into these these terrible children. They're good kids with bad circumstances, man. <laughs> hey, I like trash children. Trash children are good. They are. So, we come back in, and Ryuji is asleep, is, is woken up by something happening in his house. He does remark that Yasko shouldn't have come home this early. Yeah, she shouldn't be back yet. And we see what we see what she does. Yeah. So it's not an actual animation so much as a still with a voiceover to it. Uh with her with a couple of like steins of beer in her hand. Yep. And saying something about let's get this party started. Yeah. Um so basically Yasko works as a host, which is Someone who works in a bar that Japanese businessmen come to, and basically for the time they are there, she is like their drinking buddy and friend. That's gotta be such a weird job. I I can only imagine. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not directly sexual, but because she is attractive and that is an aspect of the job, that's why we've got so many cuts of her wearing very little and framed very se uh, sexualized. I think that that character, even if the job wasn't, they're like, non-sexy non host, that's that's not your job. You're, you're here to, to be a companion, let them blow off steam or whatever. She'd find a way to make it sexy. <laughs> that's, I think that's the character. Uh, sure. Ho hold on to that. Okay. I mean, you're not going to watch any more of the show, so it's like, Sure. I, I mean, I could be wrong. It's a theory. From the stimuli you've been given about her character, yes, that seems entirely reasonable. Yeah, it does. I don't know how much more mom we get in this show. We get a fair bit. Fair. So the, the reason Ryuji has been woken up by some strange noises is uh, someone has broken into his house mm -hmm. and is about to beat him to death with, like, a kendo training sword. Yeah. You know, gee, I wonder who that is, Joe. Could it be a certain someone that we met before that was real short? They're very small, almost like a doll. Just a sweet little murder baby. Just a sweet feral murder baby. <laughs> that is the tagline of most of my D&D characters, actually. <laughs> I think that is the tagline of so many people's D&D characters, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Tiger. Tiger has broken into this man's home and is assaulting him with a sword and saying that 
now that he knows about the love letter, she's going to have to kill herself, but I'm just going to kill you instead. Yeah, it's easier just to murder you. Yep. Which, I mean, this seems maybe more of an extreme reaction than what is warranted. Maybe. She She's yelling about the love letter and how he never should have read it. She does, like, scale back her intensity of, I'm not going to kill you, I'm just going to beat you over the head until you have amnesia. Yeah. I'm just going to brain damage you until you can't remember it. This is the only thing that would have stopped her from literally braining this man. Ryuji, as she is swinging down, says, The love letter was empty. And she's like, oh, oh, I'm an idiot. I hate this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no, hoisted by my own petard. (laughs) I I do love that she faints, like they have this big reaction, and then it just cuts to Ryuji having made her food because she was hungry. Yeah, and uh, man, she... She eats like a, an anime protagonist, <laughs> for sure. But this time we have reason, I think. Yes, they do give a reason. Ryuji says just something along the lines of, wouldn't your parents cook for you? She doesn't respond to that. Her only response is, I got bored of eating convenience store food. Yeah. Hmm. Joe, that appears to be a flag, and it may, <laughs> may be red. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just something about a character that you can explore as the show goes on. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Believe we've found a clue, sir. <laughs> yes, a clue that will only get paid off several episodes down the line and aren't strictly pertinent to this program. So, she, of course, blames him for this entire situation because this wouldn't have happened if he had just given her his bag. Yeah. If you would have just let me steal your bag, this would be fine. <laughs> oh, man. The, <laughs> the logic path <laughs> to arrive on... That's a, that's a decision tree right there, buddy. <laughs> Nothing is ever my fault. It's the failing of others. That's a, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> So so Ryuji tries to dissuade her from being so dramatic about this. And Mei says, yeah, everyone has problems of confessing to the one that they like. I'm literally the worst for it. Look, here's this box of poetry I wrote for her. Here's every single mixtape I've ever made for her that I'm never going to give her. And he he doesn't name her, but obviously somewhere in the writings, it's Minori. And Taika just says that out loud. and th- The reaction is just great. Oh, yeah. Well, and we already know that Taiga and Minori are friends, so I'm sure that Taiga's smart enough, even if not specifically named, to piece together enough clues to be like, hey, wait a minute. I do like that she says, yeah, she's way out your fucking league, mate. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> never you. <laughs> never, ever you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, yeah, so now we're in this awkward position where... But they both have each other's secrets, and Ryuji's kind of panicked at this point. The tension is broken by a burp. Oh boy. So Inko is an important part of this family, and I will not hear any disrespect said about Inko. Joe? <laughs> uh-huh? What the fuck is that? Because it ain't a bird, goddammit. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it certainly has wings and is green. 
and has a human-like tongue that lolls out of the side of its beak. I mean, at least they didn't also give it teeth. That, well, yeah, that, I mean, small blessings. <laughs> at least it doesn't have a lamprey-like mouth, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just a bird, Travis. It's not an eldritch horror. Are you sure? Because it's drawn like a bag of potato <laughs> chips that has feathers. Uh, it's it's certainly a bird. Um, <laughs> and Rija gets very excited because she's about to say her own name and just says impotent instead, which, sure, I guess. They changed that line in the dub. That does not surprise me. No. In the dub, they're all excited because... She's starting with an I word, like I, I, and like, yeah, come on, girl, you can say your name. And then it goes, I pooped. That seems about right for an English dub. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like the Japanese version of it for two reasons. One, it's not just a poop joke. And the other bit is clearly Inko has heard someone say you are impotent somewhere in this house. Yes. <laughs> Which... I guess I'm just trading a poop joke for a dick joke, and they're kind of much of a muchness, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, which would you prefer, Joe? Two nickels or a dime? <laughs> Take your pick. Um, I'm sure that is an amount of money that adds up to the same thing, given the context. It, it is. Huzzah! Five, uh, two five-cent bits or one ten-cent bit. That, that's just what I said to you. I, I saw through your American ruse. Yeah, you broke the code. <laughs> so, Ryuji realizes that it's super, super late, and is like, oh god, Yasko's gonna arrive, and I don't want to have to explain this entire situation. You need to leave, and I'm gonna get you out however possible. And Tiger's like, I do not want to leave your house that I am illegally in. <laughs> I don't know that she has concept of laws. <laughs> We've already established she's Farah. Why would she know what laws are? Oh, right. The, the laws are of the jungle. That's all she's got. <laughs> the strongest are king, and she has proven that she could bench press this motherfucker. If I can kill and eat you, then it's good and right. <laughs> and that's how we got capitalism, kids. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well. I couldn't go too long without doing it, Joe. No, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tiger reacts to this just by being, no, I don't want to, I am asserting my will, and it's just does the switch to being very bashful, and is like, I also want to know what you think of Loveless. Yeah. Now, I've got to put something in perspective here that, that came off to me, and I thought it was kind of weird. There's definitely, like, a dominant and submissive kind of thing going on with their relationship. Yes. And I can't tell if he's into it, but it <laughs> seems like maybe he, he he's all about that life. Like, he wants to be a sub. Which, I mean, if that's your thing, good on you, man. Go get you some sub space. Yeah, like, the context the show gives, which, I mean, we can get onto now. The only reason he agrees to this line of thinking is because it will get Tiger out of his house before he has to explain. But yes, the I guess the, the vernacular used by Tiger is very in that subdom space. Yeah, because she's like, will you do anything I want? And he's like, yes. And she's like, like a dog? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, whatever you want. Just, just get the fuck out of my house. 
Yeah, it's it's. I think to me, it's it's more clear that is the those are the terms used because that is the closest analog that people can make. I don't think it's like something about these characters' sexuality. The reason I don't want to think that is because they're like sixteen, yeah, or younger. I don't I don't remember. So it's not really a thing that I'm just like, yes, this is definitely subdom traits. I think it is more just that is the common used phrasing for someone underneath me. And Tiger seems into that idea only in so much as that means she has power over Ryuji because physically she is smaller. That's my read of it. Either one's fine. (laughs) Ryuji agrees to give Tiger everything he knows about romance and confessing, which is very little considering everything we know about him, but that is just the agreement to get her out of his house. Yeah, it's basically asking your mechanic if they can discuss uh, this, uh, you know, uh, James Joyce novel that you've been reading. That's a weirdly specific call there. I don't know why. I just, I was like, "Eh, I'm going to reference James. (laughs) Hey, uh, you're doing a great job on that transmission. What do you know about Ulysses? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Tiger leaves. They cut for the next morning. Ryuji is making breakfast and gets a call from Tiger, who immediately yells at him. He hangs up, and she calls again, and is just like, Why the fuck did you hang up on me? Yeah, she requests that he go out on his balcony, now. And uh, then we have, uh, we come to the realization that Tyga lives, like, directly across from his apartment. Yeah, they they do a shot of it. They do talk about the apartment complex before this, like, they, they make mention. Yeah, it's one of the reasons that he gets so much mold, is that building blocks out uh, some of the sun that his building used to get. Yeah, yeah, they do like a side-by-side comparison, like his house looks comparatively run down, and this is very new and fancy. We learn how new and fancy it is in a sec. But yeah, their bedrooms are almost adjoining. There's like, I don't know, you want to say two feet between his balcony and her window? It's not even a full Batman leap to <laughs> to get to the next building, really. It also is just like, oh, that's how she broke in so fucking easily. Yeah. Turns out all she had to do was skip. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, they, they talk for a bit about like the new agreement that they have, and it is clear that Tiger is hungry again. So Ryuji is just fine, I will bring you some breakfast. I will come into your house, invited this time, unlike you did to me, and gets to her apartment. She doesn't answer the door, so he just walks in and is like, well, this is a thing, and discovers that the state of her living situation is very bad. In the dub, I think he even says, this smells like ass. I think it's a mixola, yeah. There's an odor, is basically what they're trying to establish. They do cut over to the sink and then just have it blurred out. Yeah, I I was like, was there something so horrific, like when they were first showing, is there something that horrific in there? Or are they just trying to say that Ryuji hates filth so much that like his own brain is kind of censoring what the fuck is happening in that sink. I do like it as a trick just to be like look at this thing that is censored because your mind will immediately go in like oh what are they censoring why would they censor it. I think that's more the trick. But I do like that his his psyche is so against corruption that he's just like no I cannot see this. That is a blind spot. I uh, I reject your reality and substitute my own. The human mind is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
he goes and is looking for Taiga. Uh, and apparently in the time it took to make <laughs> breakfast and uh, get that done, she has fallen back asleep. Look, we've all been there, man. Yeah, sometimes waking up is hard. <laughs> waking up is aggressively hard. So he decides to use that time to uh, tidy the apartment. It's worth mentioning that the general apartment complex itself is very ritzy and like very well made, like very highly appointed. Her bedroom is just insane. She has a four-poster bed and her sleeping clothes, not like a regular clothes strewn across the floor, are like that. Not gothic Lolita, but like very lacy, very highfalutin attire. Yeah, and I guess now would be the time to point out that this apartment is huge and there's not much stuff in it other than clutter. It is all appointed with IKEA furniture, except for that giant fuck-off bed. Jarl Splorns, as far as the <laughs> eye can see, but uh, not much else. So yeah, we, we have Ryuji like basically cleaning everything up. Tiger wakes up, comes into the kitchen, which is like an adjoining to the living room, and he's just like, hey, I did you breakfast, I, I did all this cleaning for you. So of course, Tiger reacts in the only way she knows how, which is violence! Well, but of course. It's all she knows. She's never met a problem she doesn't like to punch. Yeah, so she throws a pillow at him. Uh, I don't think, we didn't even talk about this in the main show. I gave you the brief description of it beforehand, but yeah. Uh, Tiger is what is known in the anime trope wheel of things as a tsundere. Yeah, uh, what, what's the general translation, Joe? Oh god, don't even ask me that. <laughs> I know dere is love, and there's a bunch of prefixes that mean different things. It might just be anger or violence, I don't know. But the, the essential thing is, like, we, we talked offline, and I covered this with Travis, basically it's the exact same thing as why a school kid will pull a girl's hair. He doesn't know how to vocalize those feelings of attraction and simply resorts to violence. Yeah. That's basically what a sundere is, except usually it's grown-ass women or women in high school, and they never do anything with it. It's just, oh, isn't it fun that she beats the shit out of this guy she loves? Isn't that fun and not worth analyzing? Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this might be more like ending thoughts, but we're, we're close enough to it. I'd, I'd watched some Slice of Life-y romance shows before and had seen like that characterization done thousands of times because it's so it's just so prevalent in anime itself. And I don't know why after seeing this first episode, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to continue watching this story about a tsundere. I don't know why I stuck with it, but I'm glad I did, because they, they analysed the entire reasoning and gave you that explanation. Yeah, they drilled down a bit further than, uh, than what you would typically get with one of these, is what you were saying. Yeah, I think that's why I stuck with it, but I also just genuinely like the characters, and that's why I, I like the show as much as I do. And that that's fair. I mean, they set up or reveal a lot more about these two characters in a first episode than what I typically expect to get. Mm -hmm. I figured, you know, episode two or three, we might be getting glimpses into their home lives where it might not be the best. But nope, episode one, right out the gate. Yeah, and it's, it's something I didn't really remember going back and watching this first episode, is they didn't even set up the core conceit of the show. They just gave you these two characters, mostly focusing on Ryuji, because he's like the focus, and introducing you to Tiger and 
their tenuous relationship at the beginning. Yes. The entire setup for the show is they are both friends with each of their respective crushes. So the entire show is we are going to help each other get together with their crushes. (laughs) That's the initial conceit of the show. Yeah. Although, upon finding out that, once again, that his crush was uh, Minori, going, (laughs) no way, man. Way out of your league. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to remember, like, does does anything else happen? Um, Nothing of note, really. Yeah, that's the end of the show. That's all the important stuff. Oh, one thing we do say is, she did some damage to a screen door, and Ryuji just said, oh, I'll find something to patch it up, and Tiger gave him the envelope for the love letter, yeah. and we see that he used whatever she used to seal it, basically to fix the hole in the door. That's true. That is an image that will come back a couple times. Alright, well, yep. The, uh, and, and that is, uh... is... Is there an end credit scene, or am I just insane? No, I'm just insane. Yeah, yeah I didn't get anything. The, the ending song is very different tonally to the opening, which is usually what you get in Slice of Life shows, and it focuses on some neat things with umbrellas. Yeah, it just made me think of the Umbrella Corporation from uh, Resident Evil, which I don't feel like they're going to be making a, an appearance in this anime, <laughs> unless I, I'm wildly misreading where this is going to go. Well, you see, Travis, Tiger and Ryuji were born on the same day, and their mothers weren't pregnant the day that they were born. Mmm. <laughs> That's what the show's really about. They both have superpowers. It's weird. Neat. There's time travel in there. <laughs> you went a completely different route with it. I can't wait for that show to come back. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. But we're not talking about Umbrella Academy or Resident Evil. We're talking about the end of this show. And yes. Some some final thoughts, Travis. What did you think? Um, huh. Because it's slice of life, and there was a lot of action, but not a lot of plot. Like we we start to set things in motion, but slice of life always has that slower pace. So it's really hard to gauge on just one episode. I I think you need a couple before you can give a of real thought to it, but I like that they were quick in establishing what I'm sure are going to be impactful traits in the characters down the line. Yeah, as I was taking my notes, I was very, very wary of conflating what I know about the rest of the series to what is presented in this first episode. Obviously, I talked about it way more during the episode because that's just an easy reference point for me to talk about during the show, but making notes, I was what does this first episode present as the two characters who are going to be the focus for the show? Yeah. And I liked it on that basis of just, here is introducing the characters, here is some examples of doing exposition without outright saying it, and some examples of exposition just outright saying it. So it's not perfect by any means, but I like it. This was fun. I like the show in general. Yeah, and you're rarely going to get perfect. So not bad. Not bad at all. Did the watching the first episode or having this discussion make you interested in watching any more of it? I I'd like to see how they they bring the two together because you know that's where it's going to end up. I'm sure there's some cute moments there <laughs> where perhaps Tiger becomes less feral as time goes on. <laughs> uh, we can only deign to dream that Tiger will be less feral. It's a good goal. But yeah, uh, that's that's basically my thoughts on it. Cool. 
would you like to do a next time thing? Yeah. I, uh, would you like to know what we're watching next time? Well, you said you were very excited for it, so I'm 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 kind of curious. Uh, I'm so excited. So, with that said, next time on WTF Anime. So, I'm very excited for this. All right. This is a show that was recommended to us by Chase. Okay. Since it was recommended and I knew a little bit about the show, and then I watched the first episode and was just like, huh, I'm going to watch all of this in one sitting, aren't I? And I did. And the show is really fucking good. So next time, we are going to be watching episode one of Beastars. Beastars. Okay. Uh, I have exactly zero clue of what that is. It sounds vaguely Transformer-ish. <laughs> yes. It is just... It's just Beast Morphers, my dude. It's Transformers, but they're all bees. <laughs> just different kinds of bees. So many bees. Uh, I don't usually do this, but I will recommend to you that you watch the Japanese version. Okay. No, I'm, I'm down with that. The English version is entirely passable. Yes, I have watched both now. The English is totally worth having a watch of. But there is something so unique about the way the Japanese was done that I would like for you to experience that. I can do that. So with all that said, I guess, uh, Joe, you want to hit him with some business? Yeah, I will do the business things. The things of business. If you would like to find the show on Twitter, we are there, at WTF Anime Show. If you would like to reach out to us, give us a recommendation, or apply to be a guest, heed us an email using WTFAnimeShow at gmail.com. And I can always and forever be found on that place where we could be found, Twitter, at the Joe Hatfield. Travis. And if you want to hit me up on Twitter, uh, I can be found at Dicelobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And I don't run the uh, WTF anime handle, so uh, you got to tag me if you want to talk to the both of us. Uh, if you like what we do here and you want to check out some uh, actual play of ours, go on over to the Lost Library cast, where Joe and I are both in uh, two of the shows featured there. Yeah, if you haven't already, go, go and listen to those things. They're very good. I'm very proud of them. Um, but with that, hey, we did, we did a podcast. We talked about a Torador. One podcast smithed. Podcast achieved. Yes. Achieving online. And with that, bye! Bye! If you haven't seen Us yet... Oh, I've seen Us. I will say that is probably the best horror movie I've seen in close to a decade. Only for that end. <laughs> that end fucking sticks... You're like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, it's very good. It is. I shouldn't be, because I, I think horror remakes are just always trash. But I'm actually really excited for him to do Candyman. I want to see what he does with it, because he's such an interesting director. Mm-hmm. And rather, it's not just going to be like, I'm the bad guy. I'm a coat of bees. <laughs> it's me. I'm bees. <laughs> it was me, Austin. All <laughs> along, the coat of bees. It was bees, Austin. It was bees all along, <laughs> Austin. <laughs>